Hello, we're back. Backstreet Boredom. One episode. I don't know what episode we're on, episode but eight. episode eight. That's All right. Good. good. I forgot. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> we're here with <clears throat> Professor Mark Dennis. Woo! Woo! <laughs> <laughs> yep. And uh, Beck is here too, Rashawn. DJ here. Beck. DJ Beck is back. Yep. So I invited Mark Dennis, um, who's a professor at Sacramento City College. He's the Dean of Psychology. And um, we've had a lot of interesting conversations, so I thought it would be nice to have him here on our podcast and kind of have him just open, have some open-ended questions and see what you think about those. All right. So one of the things that we started talking about on the way here, because we couldn't hold it up, is that you mentioned that uh, the kids that come to your class, it's, a, it's there's 90 kids in the classroom, and the first day you walk in, it's dead quiet. Yeah. And you say, most of the people are on the phones. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really fascinating because I've been teaching for about 10 years now. And even just during the time that I've been teaching, I've noticed that that's kind of gotten the come to be the case more and more and more. You know, like when I first started teaching in 2010, you would come in on the first day of class and there would be some students at least having conversation with each other. Uh, but now it's kind of this, this universal thing. You know, everyone's sort of on their technology. Everyone's on their phone. Um yeah, so it's just kind of fascinating to see. And especially when I contrast to that to like when I was an undergraduate, uh-huh. you know, where there were no cell, I mean, cell phones existed, but not everyone was walking around with them. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, it's just kind of interesting to see. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool, cool. <clears throat> yeah, because I remember too, I mean, I don't know if that's the case, like in America, I mean, like Ramona can comment, but like, like when we're sort of kids, when we're in school, it was more like interaction. There were no phones. Mm-hmm. Like if you had a phone, you would be like a special kid, you know? Right. Be rich or whatever. Right. And um, I mean, there was nothing to do on the phones either. Mm-hmm. It was just you either listen to music or somebody got a cool music video to watch. Or right. All sorts of things. It didn't become such a, uh, a necessity. And also, the thing about the phone is, um, I was watching a podcast about um, Elon Musk and Joe Rogan. Mm. And he was saying that like essentially at this time, we're cyborgs. In the mm-hmm. sense that our phones are like a part of us, they're basically mm-hmm. just an extension to us. Mm-hmm. And like I was saying, like when you're a kid, you don't have that. I grew up my when I went to high school, um, I didn't have a phone. My right. mom, I had a laptop, and uh, I think that really helped me develop as a human being. Because mm-hmm. I actually had to get up if I want to be friends with somebody. I have to, you know, I can't just add them on no, no, because I have a phone. I have to be friends with them in person. So I think that's what helps. Um, and also how you raise yeah. somebody. Yeah. 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 For sure. And you know, it's interesting because people, the, the impulse behind being on your phone like that or being on technology like that, it's the same impulse that people always ha- have had. It's a desire to connect, right? Mm-hmm. But because it's, it's, it's not real connection, it's like superficial connection, uh-huh. you never get full, right? Uh-huh. You never really get fed in that way. And so uh-huh. you just seek it out more and more and more and more, you mm-hmm. know? Um, but the hi- human impulse to want to connect to other people uh-huh. is still there. And that's uh-huh. why we're on our phones, you know? I mean okay. it's because we're trying to connect but okay so there's like a natural phenomenon yeah yeah it's, it's sort of like a natural phenomenon brought into the the 21st century uh-huh. with all of this technology that our brains don't necessarily know what to do with you know uh-huh. yeah we're still kind of in that phase. i mean if you think about it what i mean it happened in our lifetime yeah like, i mean like me and ramon's lifetime like mm-hmm. in high school we still sort of didn't have it i mean no it's high, it's high school but like Let's say like elementary school. Right. I'm pretty sure like no, like in my country it would be you'd be a very special kid to have like a phone. Mm-hmm. I remember when like iPhones and like iPods came out. We're like, whoa, right? For sure, yeah. most no. definitely. It, it was, was crazy. It 
but now a lot of times parents just, you know, oh, your kid's acting up, give them a tablet, they'll mm-hmm. show them up. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's not really good, you know? No. Like, it's just, I remember um, I was on the bus, and the bus driver was telling about this one kid. He's from Beijing, mm-hmm. and he takes the bus to his mom all the time. Every time I go to the bus home, I see him, <clears> and he reads, um, he just reads books. All uh-huh. the time I look at him, he's reading a book. Mm-hmm. Right? And he knows, he said he knows about, he knows, you know, what language, because I know the language of Beijing. Do you know the language? Um, um, is it Chinese? Chinese, probably, yeah. yeah. He knows yeah. Chinese, he's mm-hmm. learning Chinese, he's learning <laughs> English, and he's currently learning Spanish. Uh-huh. You know, and that's like... What? Like, right. he's like, oh, you step up than most of these adults, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So he's a kid. He's a right. baby. Right. Like, so, like, it's like, why doesn't everyone else do that? Right. Because... It's a, I mean, you know, it's like, such a new thing. It's such a new thing, yeah. yeah. And and kind of being a parent myself, I mean, it's an incredibly powerful babysitter if you wanted to use that. You know, like mm-hmm. if you if you want to have total peace away from your kids, uh-huh. you would give them a piece <laughs> of technology because they it will totally absorb them. And when you see kids interacting with the cell phone or you see uh-huh. kids uh-huh. interacting with the tablet, you see the addictive potential of it. You oh, know, because yeah. they haven't been taught anything, and it's Intense. just sort of natural. They are just fascinated by because yeah. it's stimulating our brain. Uh-huh. In this way that we just want it to be stimulated. Uh-huh. Lots of visual information is uh-huh. very fast, you know, very quickly uh-huh. moving visual uh-huh. information. Uh-huh. Um, that's hard for kids to resist. And uh-huh. so when you're talking about, and this is not to excuse parents, but you're talking mm-hmm. about, you know, overworked, overstressed parents, yeah, yeah. it can be very tempting to just, you know, I need a break. Here you go. And you will get that break, you know, because kids will become completely absorbed by it but like you said it's not good it's yeah, not yeah, good. Good. Yeah. yeah it's like yeah. the easy way out but usually uh-huh. the easy ways out are the worst ways out. just about everything yeah, 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 yeah. So just true. about everything yeah um i had to i want to say something oh so it's like it's interesting that for them that would be the norm so i wonder like yeah so i wonder how they adapt themselves because because i'm sure they're going to find ways to just adapt to it you know like yeah not not get so consumed by it uh-huh I feel like as you grow up, you kind of learn about yourself and stuff like that. Right. And what he mentioned is reading books. I think it's 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 really it's really fascinating to be able to read somebody else's perspective. You mm-hmm. just like because I feel like some authors when they write their books, it's almost like you get a you get to hear their story. You get to hear their perspective of the same event. You know, mm-hmm. it could be like a, a book about World War Two, and you can read ten of them. And they all have different perspectives, and you can kind of Get more of a like a worldview. You're not so like oh yeah, not, like not so in your head. Mm-hmm. You're like oh, other people have different views and they're just as valuable and they can be just as right as my view. Uh-huh. Yeah, mm-hmm. because the thing about the internet, the search engines, they 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 bring you what like people who think like you. Yep. you're gonna be connected with yep. people who think like you. Yeah, and like yeah. that's the thing. You get so like one track, one minded, mm-hmm. uh-huh. and it's like you don't ever grow. Mm-hmm. And that's 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 that's, that's the thing. Yeah. That's interesting. Is that a thing? That like like you get that the internet only shows you what you want. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. Like if you if you start searching for certain things, you can like try this experiment uh-huh. on your own. If uh-huh. you search for th- certain, I mean, just in a Google search uh-huh. engine, engine or something like that, you will start to see more uh-huh. of that thing that you search for, uh-huh. and that thing that you search for will become higher. You know, in terms uh-huh. of the things that. So yeah, your every every stroke that you make online is definitely being tracked, and people are feeding you stuff based on. You know, based on what you want to see. And uh-huh. so it, it's very easy, like Ramona's saying, it's like very easy to get caught up in this circular kind of thinking because you gotcha. only see, you know, your own perspective reflected again and again. Yeah. Um, Interesting. 
this is gonna get up a topic, but we're gonna say this. Yeah. When you do podcasts like this, you really learn how to you catch on how do you speak uh-huh. certain like things patterns. Uh-huh. For example. So for example, <laughs> you say uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh my god you say uh-huh you, you start to realize you say like things a lot when you start to listen back uh-huh. no it's not it's yeah. just I learned that for Joe Rogan you said that you, and also mm-hmm. you learn you learn how like you find out who can have a conversation with who who's, yeah. who's good at having conversations Yeah, you know and like I don't know that's just a sidetrack uh-huh. but cool no, yeah I, I, I definitely I definitely think that cause like part of it is like you know how we we kind of nod at each other. We'd uh-huh. be like, yeah, it's like, yeah, I'm listening to you. Right. I understand what you're saying. That mm-hmm. kind of makes you like want to continue saying whatever right. you're saying. Right. Yeah. That's super interesting. <clears throat> what were we talking about before that? We're talking about <laughs> the psyche. Oh, the, the books and stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's crazy because like, like doing music uh-huh. and uh, like always like looking up the tutorials, how to make beats, how to like do the vocal processing and whatnot. It sort of like starts feeding you just like the same stuff, and you're like, I can't. I personally get bored because I need that variety. When because I try to read books, and when I see the same point of view, same thing over and over, it kind of just bores my mind. Yeah. And that's the thing that I do now. Like when I go on YouTube, I usually go on incognito mode because like then my recommendations are like so out of mm. out of out of control. Oh, that's just like whoa, you know, like this is something completely interesting, completely new. Uh-huh. But if I'm just on my regular account and I see recommendations, just like it's feeding me the same information. It's yeah, sort of like yeah. it knows what I want to hear, uh-huh. but it's not really what I want to hear. You right. know what I mean? Right. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, because I mean an algorithm can only go so far. You know yeah. what I mean? Like there exactly. are limitations to that. And so if what you're seeing is based on an algorithm, it's, you know, it's going to be limited. So, yeah. 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 <laughs> because that's what makes it so like, like Carmen was saying that, um, how do you say close-minded uh-huh yeah yeah um another thing that i think you could mention is that your education plans that, mm. uh, that we together discussed could you yeah. just talk about that more yeah so i have really been thinking a whole lot about what we do at community college colleges and how we educate students and what uh-huh. we're teaching students and what students are walking away with and I think one of the things that we have done at community colleges is we've sort of tried to be kind of like the poor stepchildren or four-year colleges. You know, we, we, wow. we try to sort of do like the same thing that four-year colleges do mm-hmm. without the same amount of resources, without the same amount of so much stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Same amount of prestige. Um, and so I've sort of been thinking about like, what could we own at community colleges? Like, what could we do potentially better than anyone else can do? And one of the things that I've been thinking about is kind of self-development and self-improvement, you know? Uh And how could we think about shifting community colleges? You know, because community colleges are supposed to be two years. It's supposed to be sort of the first two years of higher education. And then you either go out into the world or you go on to a four-year institution. So how can we think about using those first two years for personal development and not just having students sort of learn content that they potentially are going to forget, but actually helping students to transform themselves into the people that they want to be. Um, there was this really interesting study that was done at Harvard a couple years ago where they took Harvard, right, you know, one of the best schools in the country, and they took these Harvard undergraduates and they gave them their final exam again 
about three months after the semester was over, right? So these are students who took their final exam, presumably aced uh-huh. it, right? Uh-huh. They gave them the same final exam again, and about 70% of them failed it, right? Oh, wow. So that's what it tells you how much knowledge really students are, are, are walking away with. And at the end of the day, you know, we live in a world where you can look up just about anything you want yeah. to know. If there's something you want to know, you can find that knowledge. So why don't we, so why don't we maybe focus a little bit less on just kind of this idea of knowledge transfer? Uh-huh. Let me tell you what I know and start focusing on how we can help students to, to transform themselves. And one of the biggest things that I've been looking at is kind of mental health and trauma and how you know, we can sort of help students to kind of focus on their mental health, not by necessarily providing therapy and, and stuff like that, uh-huh. but by teaching students really how the human body and how the ner- human nervous system work and how you can gain control over your own nervous system. Uh, William James, a really famous American psychologist, said um, the most power- powerful thing in all of education is to transform the nervous system from enemy into ally, you know? Mm-hmm. So like, how can we think about teaching students how they can transform and control their nervous system so that they have power in any situation? Because when you know how to regulate your own nervous system and you're not easily thrown into fight or flight, you're not easily distressed by other people, mm-hmm. you can kind of do anything, you know, yeah. that gives you a tremendous amount of power. So that in a nutshell is kind of what I'm focused on right now and sort of thinking about how we as community community colleges can transform ourselves to be able to do that and not just think about like you know knowledge transfer which has limited benefit anyway that's yeah. so powerful yeah. very powerful that makes a lot of sense wow i have to think about life now yeah <laughs> well and that's what you should be doing yeah, in higher yeah. education right is thinking yeah. about life I think about this life. age yeah for sure yeah. and i think they should put that implement that into high schools because mm-hmm. you know man i tell you I tell you, none of the stuff they taught me in high school, I remember none of it. Right. But I remember like the like the cults, my teachers, they practically preach so much about life, but well, how much life are you teaching me? Mm-hmm. You think like are you teach me how to make a resume, are you teach right. me how to how to um manage my incomes, mm-hmm. are you teaching me how to cook? Yeah. How to do like no. Like yeah. you balance a checkbook, like, yeah, all of that stuff. For sure. Yeah. And yeah. You teach me all this mindless stuff, mm-hmm. like I'm not gonna use it. Mm-hmm. So like it's it's kind of sad. I think it's so old and outdated. They need to. Do, I'm not sure if they would do something about it because mm-hmm. it's so authoritative, right? Yeah. Like you come, it's come. Like people compare it to prison, but yeah. like you get to, you can leave. But like, <laughs> but like <laughs> yeah, but like, I mean, you but, can, but you can't really. Yeah, right. you can't. You can't live without consequences. So right, like, right. it's like in other countries. Like for example, this girl had a guest speaker in my. Um, well, one of my classes as a senior, mm-hmm. she said in Peru, now, is it Peru or South America? Someone's in South America. Mm-hmm. It's very community based. It's like social. Like everybody yeah. has the input, everybody has a say. Yeah. And it's not like no one's a legit boss. Like there is a teacher, but that he teaches, he's not he's not your boss. Mm-hmm. He's not your interesting. Like it's very like everybody is brown. They sit in circles mm-hmm. essentially. Mm-hmm. And they talk. Yeah. And they uh, speak. And like it's like the like what? Like, it's yeah. so powerful. You're like what? It's, it's like yeah. common sense. It's so like, common sense. Like, and it's just fascinating how 
how kind of even in terms of like the physical structure of our educational spaces here, it's very difficult to do that. Like yeah. I think about this, the classes where I teach, you know, and I would love to be able to have like students circle up and, you know, kind of have that dynamic. But we even have our physical spaces set up in such a way that there's the expert at the front of the room and everyone else sitting out here. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. And it's like that's literally how the physical space is structured. And it's that assumption, yeah. that assumption that that, uh, that that person is like uh -huh. everything and you have to sort of like, yeah, sort of believe everything they say and right if, if you challenge them it's like it's oh, like it's... damn near like you just you just uh you just uh like committed a uh -huh. crime or something you know? right you right. can't challenge them. and they can't it's like almost some teachers are not like they're just not mature i guess you mm -hmm. know sometimes if you challenge them it's like they almost get like personal they yeah personally and you're just like uh -huh. It's not personal, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And again, it kind of goes back to them not necessarily even having control over their own nervous system because you challenge them and they immediately go into fight or flight. They yeah. immediately feel threatened yeah. as opposed to like, let's engage on this level. Yeah. I think this way based on my knowledge base, you mm -hmm. think that way based on your knowledge base, how can we come together? You know, it's like you challenged me so I feel threatened and I feel attacked mm -hmm. um, and I'm either going to attack back or I'm going to run away or I'm going to, you know, uh -huh. whatever. So, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. I feel it does make such a huge difference uh -huh. in our education system if if they implemented that part of like learning about your nervous system like you were talking and yeah knowing how to use the knowledge that they're providing you because some of the knowledge is like it's good to have if yeah. you know how to use it because right. if they just like pour it into your brain and you're just kind of they're like those Harvard kids I bet their thought process was like I'm just going to memorize everything that I need to memorize. Mm -hmm. After I leave, I get my degree. I'm exactly. done with this shit, you know? Exactly, yeah. But really, like, knowing how to use that stuff and, like, kind of going for school because of your own interests. Mm -hmm. like, because, you know, if you're interested in music, you do music. So when you learn, you're like, oh, I just learned this. Let me think how I can, like, put yeah. this together. Let yeah. me think, oh, it just, just gave me an idea of I'm going to do this and this is what I'm going to get mm -hmm. type of thing. Mm -hmm. It's like trial and error and stuff like that. Right. That would be so much better. Yeah. And... One of the things I'm really grateful for being in America is that you have access to the internet. And if you mm -hmm. know how to use it, there's mm -hmm. obviously positives and negatives. One of the positives is that you can look up almost any book, any right. any anything you want. You can find books are twenty hundred dollars. So you can find them for free. You know, mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't suggest that. I respect all the <laughs> all the authors, but you know, being 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 a student, yeah. I, that's what I do. And I just like when I'm bored, I don't go on social media. I just sit down and I read a book, and it's like so much more engaging mm -hmm. and the things that i learned from it is like influenced me in such a way because you talk about learning about your nervous system yeah that's those are the stuff that i would just like randomly like step on as i'm just interested in reading a book or i'm interested in because uh, i uh, like to listen to podcasts and i read the books that people write mm -hmm. so there's just little pieces bits of uh bits of knowledge that you take out that you can actually apply like yeah. We're saying studying your nervous system so you don't get mad. You don't take things personally mm -hmm. when somebody's arguing with you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You're like learning rather than just like being, I don't know, yeah. you're learning constantly. Mm -hmm. You're not just like in yourself, stuck up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, stuck up. That's, I don't get why people are so stuck up. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I'm human like you. Right. Why are you acting like a jerk? Right. <laughs> like, right. Literally, my whole life, yeah. all... Everyone thinks they're better than everybody, but what? Mm -hmm. We're literally in the same shit hole together. Right. So like, right. yeah. it doesn't doesn't make any sense why you think you're better than, and like, why does it have to be like that? But again, also social media makes that worse because uh -huh. people paint this kind of this this picture about who they are, and but in the real side, bro, you're not like that right. in real life. Yeah, like, I look, I don't know, but like if someone <laughs> thinks I look attractive on my pictures, 
I'm not attracted to people that like ugly. <laughs> <laughs> so like, like yo, that's just Richie, man. Like that's not who I am. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's just like a virtue. Like they just want to feel like I don't know. They want to feel special. Yeah. Not everybody can be special. Yeah. But anybody be- can become special. Mm-hmm. Nobody's, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Nobody's born special. No, yeah. Like, well, some people are talented. Yeah. But um, it, it's also like it's a learned behavior. Yeah. 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 Would you achieve if you believe we shall achieve? Yes. yes. And yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, so I true. think, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, kind of going off what you were saying. Let's get into, let's get into something that I'm always interested in. Uh, is learning about um, like sort of the habits, I guess, of successful people. Yeah. Like, what do they do different mm-hmm. that makes them so successful? And you think about it, and it's like, like we're all human, so mm-hmm. uh-huh. like whatever potential, like whatever things they did, I must be able to replicate them and use them for my own good. You know, it must, it might not be the same as like. If an athlete can run 100 miles in one day, mm-hmm. you know, it's not the same for me, but maybe I can implement his thought process or his behavior to my, like, to my thing. And, like, you know, like, sort of, I don't know, just, like, being, maybe maybe get that mental toughness from athletes, mm-hmm. use it in my, like, when I do business stuff and, like, kind of just learning different stuff. And, like, I think that's, that's, that's so interesting. And what he was saying is that... Um, like with talented people, I feel like oh, after um, after oh. hearing a lot of successful people, I feel like there's not there's not necessarily a talent. I feel like mm-hmm. everybody has some sort of talent. Yeah, it's just some people don't know what their talent is, mm-hmm. uh-huh. and the people sure. that do, the people that do, they use it and they and they progress because that's what they know mm-hmm. and they're good at, and they kind of keep going at it. Yeah. some people just don't know, and some people are always told when their kids are like, "Oh, you're just untalented, you're stupid," and blah blah blah, but. Mm-hmm. It's not that you're stupid. You just don't know what you don't know. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. And so much of talent, I think, is just really it comes down to hard work and it comes down to being interested enough in something that you're willing to put in, you know, the extra work. Like, um, you know, just think about thinking about like Kobe Bryant, you know, who passed away recently mm-hmm. um, and just been, you know, so much in the news lately. People, people oftentimes think of him as just like this naturally gifted athlete. And yeah. maybe he was, but the uh-huh. reality is he was up at five o'clock in the morning uh-huh. practicing before everyone else got there. You know uh-huh. what I mean? So it wasn't just like this natural ability. It was like, I love the sport of basketball and I'm ambitious enough about the sport of basketball uh-huh. that I'm willing to get up at five o'clock in, in the morning when I don't have to be there until seven. You know, so when you really start digging below the surface of talent, uh-huh. a lot of it is just having the desire for something enough that you're willing to put in the work, yeah, you know? Yeah. Like, like there's some people who just naturally are good at stuff, but usually that's yeah. what it is. Yeah. yeah. When does do what most people want to do. So mm-hmm. that's what makes them great. And right. I think it's a mindset too. Like, like you said, it's a mindset like wanting to be the best. Uh-huh. Like for example, like I think Michael Jordan or something, like, I'm not correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm not sure if it's true. But like if he sees, like if, if, if he sees someone who, did more free throws, free throws. We're talking about basketball uh-huh. right now, but like if you see someone who's better than you or something, you want to yeah. make sure that makes you want to go become better than them. You mm-hmm. know, like mm-hmm. I think that's how it was works with me. Like I'm not really good at anything, but if I was good at something, you know, I want to be better than the next person, and not just because like oh I want to be like I have an ego. Mm-hmm. No, it's just because I see their their success. I'm trying to reach their level and never stop. Yeah. Yeah, there's no end. There's mm-hmm. no peak, and you you give yourself that peak. Right. So 
that that's the uh, your only your only like limitation is yourself. Really. Mm -hmm. That's correct. That's hundred percent true. Yeah, no, so true. And and I think a lot of that comes back to like having control over your nervous system because so many times, you know, like you can look at someone who's better than you at whatever, mm -hmm. and there are kind of two ways you could respond. One way would be like. You know, I want to be even better, right? I see this person is better. I want to be even better. The other way is you can sort of shut down, you know, because uh -huh. sometimes we see people who are better than us. It intimidates yes. us. It makes us shut down. Yes. Maybe we don't do it anymore because yes. we don't, you know, we feel like we can't. There's someone who's better than us. And that really comes down to do I have the confidence and control over my nervous system to be able to say, like, maybe this person is better than me, but that motivates me to be even better as uh -huh. opposed to that makes me give up or shut down or quit, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like an idea of um, the way I like to think about it. I don't know. Somebody said it. And the idea is that if somebody has done it, you can probably do it. Uh -huh. There's like, uh -huh. there's like, there's a cause and effect thing. You know, right. it's like, it's like a law. Mm. It's like a law of nature. There's a cause and effect. Yeah. They did something and it caused yeah. this. Right. right. So, it's, so it makes sense when I see people doing something, if, and not to, like not to get people confused, you also have to like it because you mm -hmm. can't just like force yourself to do something really terrible right. and just keep doing it over and over because that will just, I think, you will just, I guess you just won't be fulfilled. And that's, yeah. I think, the, the most important thing is to be, do something that's fulfilling. Mm -hmm. And I feel like once you find that, then you can dedicate your whole life to that and there will be just, like, you just won't be tired. Every mm -hmm. day will be like you're stepping forward. Yeah. Type of thing. Yeah. Yeah, no, so true, so true. And just really quickly, going back to the idea of what you said about uh -huh. if something has been done, if, if one person has done it, it can be done. Uh -huh. Like I'm thinking about, and I can't remember his name now, uh -huh. but the first person to break the three-minute mile, you know, for uh -huh. through, throughout the history of track and field, it was sort of thought that uh -huh. a three-minute mile was something that could not be done. Uh -huh. And then finally, one person did it, I want to say, like in the 70s. Uh -huh. And now tons of people do it. You know, people uh -huh. break the three-minute mile all uh -huh. the time because uh -huh. we got over that psychological barrier that That's it's right. something that cannot be done. That's you know, right. so yeah, yeah, wow. that that idea of belief that uh -huh. it can be done, yeah, yeah, it yeah. motivates you mm -hmm. as long as you have the desire as well, right? Right, yeah, yeah, very true. Okay, good. Um, we got so we're 25 minutes, so why don't we just like stop this and we can maybe talk about the topics? Oh, okay, um, um, I had a question before that. Um, first. Um, there's going to be another question at the, end of the, at the end of the second part. Okay. Um, mm. The first question is, would you recommend a book about what you just said? Because I feel like you talked about the nervous system and mm -hmm. stuff like that. And so uh, let's talk about some practical stuff that mm -hmm. people can do. Yeah. And maybe a book that you can recommend. And you have four minutes to go. Wow. Um, so in terms of like pra practical stuff that people can do, I think there are so many things. I think um, in terms of being able to regulate your nervous system, mindfulness practice, regular daily meditation can be extremely helpful. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things about being human mm -hmm. and being a part of a social species is that, you know, we're, we're oftentimes in an individualistic culture. We're taught to think of ourselves as these separate, isolated beings. But mm -hmm. in reality, we have nervous systems that are designed to connect us to other people. Like uh -huh. the main purpose of my brain and my spinal cord, and my peripheral nervous system, it's not for me to be an isolated being. Uh -huh. It's for me to be able to connect to you. Uh -huh. So the more time you can spend in authentic connection to other people, and that's mm -hmm. the key thing, authentic connection, which you can't get through text which you can't really get through social media, you know, mm -hmm. um, sure. that is also incredibly powerful. Yeah. Um, I think activities that allow you to move together with other people, 
um, are incredibly powerful. Mm. Um, and I think at the end of the day, it's about, you know, I think most people have some form of trauma. It's very difficult to move through this world without being traumatized in some way. I think everybody. Yeah. Everybody, yeah. Insecurities, mm -hmm. trauma, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Everybody is born with fears, whether you're rich, whether you're poor. Yeah. I, there's insecurities. And, yeah. I, and I feel like some people, when, when you know it, you mm -hmm. overcome it. Mm -hmm. Or you know it and you don't overcome it. And that's what makes a difference between a sort of like a, a successful person, I guess yeah. you could say. Or I wouldn't say successful, but a happy person mm -hmm. and an unhappy person. Yeah, mm -hmm. for Somebody, sure. like Greeks, they say... Um, like know thyself. Yeah, it's it's the greatest quote I've ever heard in my life. Mm -hmm. And until I understood it, yeah, I was I was kind of like, oh, it's just like a, a cool saying, I guess. Mm -hmm. but once I understood it, it changed it changed the world. It's profound. It's yeah. and it's hard. I it's mean, hard. it's it's like a lifelong. That's a lifelong project knowing yourself. Yes, and you will never complete it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's probably. but it's still worth doing. Yeah. You know, it's still definitely worth yeah. doing. Um, yeah. So no, I, I think that's so true. Um, and then in terms of a a book. Um, one so many things. I think one of the most fascinating things that I'm reading right now is a book called uh, a, a Pocket Guide to Polyvagal Theory. And polyvagal theory is really all about how you can gain control over your own autonomic nervous system. And so this book sort of talks more about that and kind of some ways to do that. Um, but really it's so much of it is like I said, about being able to center yourself. And uh -huh. I think mindfulness practice can definitely help you do that regular meditation. Um, and then being able to connect and, and engage with other people, which I think polyvagal theory can help a lot with. Polyvagal. Um, okay. Mm -hmm. So I just looked it up. It's spelled P O L Y V A G A L theory. And it's by who's it by Stephen Porges, Stephen Porges. So yeah, I mean, yeah. I'll definitely put this on my list to read at some point. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a great book. It's a great yeah. book. So hold on. we got um so we'll be back. Um we're hitting we're hitting 30 minutes. So we got we're coming with a part two. Stay tuned.